Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by Lydia Hume, who I've had on the podcast before. She is one of my clients, but she's also pretty much my best friend. I'd say yes, she's my best friend. Um, and we, when we had Lydia on the podcast before, we spoke about how we'd just been on holiday together to Dubai and she decided not to diet for that holiday. It was a challenge for her, but it came with a lot of benefits as well. And we spoke about how it's important to spend time away from dieting and how some of you might benefit from not actually dieting in the run up to a holiday in some circumstances. And she's Lydia's come on leaps and bounds over the last five months since we recorded that episode. It was in December now. She is now in a position where she's gradually working towards the goal of fat loss without tracking calories or macros. And I thought it would be really good to have her back on the podcast, do an update on where she's at and how she's actually got to to where she is and share some of her experience with you guys. So first of all, to introduce this podcast, Lydia, how have you been from a relationship with food perspective over the last five months and where are you at now? So I have been on a journey. So I actually signed up with Danny. Was it January we started working together? Yeah. Was it December? Yeah. So yeah, I think it was. I think it was mid-Jan. So me and Danny actually started working together. So obviously we're besties, but we also have a very separate coaching side. So we have our work phones. We don't communicate about coaching unless it's on the work phone. And I reached out to Danny because I know she's an incredible coach and I needed someone just to support me, give me that structure, the objective viewpoint to fat loss without being like wrapped up in my own feels. So since we've started working together, we we gradually got into a deficit, but by taking a completely different approach, my relationship with food has actually improved through a fat loss phase rather than actually becoming worse and going through phases of like massive restriction and over consuming on foods and having quite big binges. So from this, from December to now, I'm in a much better place mentally in terms of my relationship with food, which is incredible. Yeah. And I think an important point to make is that when we first started working together, we didn't go straight into fat loss. I said to Lydia, like, we're not going straight into fat loss. I want to make sure that you're in a really good position from a relationship with food perspective, in a good position with training hard and recovering well. And I wanted to make sure that she was essentially ready mentally and physically to go into a fat loss phase. So she was really patient. And it's so hard to actually sort of convince yourself to do that because when you're obviously in a position where you want to, make fat loss progress due to your own preferences on where your body sits it can be really tempting to just jump straight into that but it's so important to actually set yourself up for success and make sure that you're patient with it and you almost do like a a preparation phase so how was that preparation phase Lydia like what did that consist of It was essentially just, you know, eating, getting my eating habits in a good place. So as you know, when you go through periods of restriction and overeating, you're very up and down and you never really have that baseline of like nutrition coming in. So when we started, it was just really important things such as regular protein feedings, fruit and veggies, being mindful of my hunger signals and also giving myself permission to have those foods that I had binged on previously such as chocolate ice cream and things like that so when we started working together obviously you are wanting to lose body fat because you know when you go through those phases of over consuming food you do gain body fat over time because you know it's disordered eating that's what happens and Danny does not deal with eating disorders I just want to do a quick disclaimer I did not have an eating disorder just disordered eating so yeah so we just got in a really good position nailing my food getting my training in a good spot actually enjoying my training again because when I finished my last fat loss phase 
I bloody hated my training. Like I was going and I was like, oh, leg day. And I was so physically effed. Like I was so tired. I was so fatigued and I just had nothing in me to push. And then I got into a really good place in my training. I was enjoying it. I was doing like pole dancing, ice skating. So yeah, even though body fat, losing body fat wasn't the goal in our first, you know, few months of working together, I still lost body fat as a indirect result of just eating well training hard and actually nourishing my body so that's what was that the question yeah basically (laughs) and whilst you touched on training briefly there I'll cover this now what has your training looked like over the last five months and what has changed in comparison to when you didn't enjoy it previously so my training at the minute I'm actually training a lot more than I ever did. And me and Danny both absolutely love our training. Like we really recognize the benefits of just daily movement, getting outside, you know, challenging our bodies in different ways. And when I first started, well, before I started with Danny, I'd got to that point where training had just become a chore for me. There was still parts I enjoyed every now and then, but it was more like 80% I could not be bothered and it wasn't something I enjoyed. And now it's completely the opposite. Like Danny is actually having to say to me, have a rest day because I want to go to the gym. I want to go to pole classes. I want to move my body. I want to go to yoga, whatever it is. So from now to then, I'm way more consistent. I'm really enjoying my training. I am motivated and motivation is thing that comes and goes as we are all aware of, but it's much higher than it was. So yeah, definitely in a better position, way more consistent, actually enjoying it and being forced to have a rest day. Yeah. And you're actually, you're logging your lifts now, aren't you? But not in, not in like um, a restrictive way, as in you're quite flexible with training, but you log your key movements that are in consistently from one week to another, which I think is a really important point to point out for people, because obviously they probably see us train on Instagram and do different sessions and do pole dancing and things like that. But I wanted to make a point that we do still have some key hypertrophy work in there from one week to another that we log and that we apply progressive overload with. And if we didn't do that, then Lydia, while she's in a fat loss phase, would lose muscle tissue. Yeah. Yeah, we've still been like monitoring my lifts. So I currently do, just to give you guys a bit of an understanding, I do like two lower body and glute and hamstring sessions, which are kind of like my hypertrophy sessions, which I enjoy. And just to maintain tissue, especially as we know, us females love to have a good a good ass. So that's what we do there. And we keep those literally the same. We do not change movements very frequently. And that is how we progress really well with that. And I log my lists, my reps, my sets, and I look to increase those every single week to keep that kind of baseline. And then I do like one to two pole sessions, maybe a yoga or a Pilates. And then I was doing some ice skating and sometimes a run. So everything I'm doing is still progressive. Like my pole dancing is progressive because I'm doing more movements, new challenges. And then my upper body training then helps me with my pole because it's lots of upper body strength. So even through the fat loss phase, I've still been progressive with my training, which is really important to continue with. Otherwise you will not see as great a composition changes. So yeah, we've still been progressive, which is good. Yeah. And it's been so good to see you get that enjoyment for training Mm. back and actually look forward to going to the gym and do what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, I think it's really important for people to take into account the fact that if you want to actually make good progress over the long term and sustain a healthy body that you're happy with over the long term it's important that you are able to enjoy your training to some extent so that you can actually stay consistent with that you don't want to get to the point of like dreading every single session because you're just not going to end up keeping that up if you get to that that point yeah you can't get results if you hate if you hate training it's like you're not going to stay consistent and we know consistency equals results so do something you enjoy and recognize that like you can do whatever you want. Like obviously some form of resistance training is so important for your body, your mind, everything like that. But you can run, you can do pole dancing, you can do ice skating, you can do whatever you enjoy that gets you moving and you can make progress with that. So don't think just because everyone weights trains five days a week, you have to. Like I do two to three weight training sessions per week, which is to some people might see that as low, but it's 
it's perfect for me. Like it works for my lifestyle. So not one shoe fits all. One size fits all. Don't know the don't know the saying. <laughs> there's it's there's no one size fits all. But you're so right. Like you know, at the end of the day, you've got to take into account your individual preferences, what you're trying to achieve. Yes, there has to be some trade offs. You might have to suck it up and do some exercises that you don't enjoy quite so much. If, for example, you want to develop a particular area of your physique, um, but there also has to be some things that you enjoy in there and there's no point forcing yourself to go to the gym five times a week and resistance train if like you don't really care about building muscle tissue and um your goal your goals are elsewhere and you want more of like a healthy lifestyle as opposed to wanting maximal muscle tissue development um and resistance training has other benefits outside of it being just a means to manipulate to um, manipulate our body composition so it's important to have some in there but you don't have to be going like Lydia said five six times a week you don't have to be following like a pull push leg split um you can train less frequently as long as you're training hard and you have some structure in there yep agreed and so from a relationship with food perspective, what struggles have you faced in the past when you've ran fat loss phases? And why do you think you had those struggles personally? Ooh. So struggles I've faced in the past probably came down to social events and tracking. Now, I think me and Danny both agree that tracking can be such a good tool for some people like it has really good benefits such as if you have no knowledge about you know your macros you can like track your food and see where your protein comes from and how to get into a deficit if you've not got any there's loads of benefits from tracking but for me I already kind of knew what I should be eating but with tracking I found I was eating food for the sake of it and I wasn't really having that much enjoyment I was then if I was wanting you know a bowl of ice cream and it put me over 50 calories I became very very obsessed with it and when you're gem pop like me in a sense I'm not doing anything extreme I do not need to be taking an extreme approach whereas that is what I was taking I was tracking very meticulously I was weighing out like my cucumber who needs to weigh out that bloody cucumber and so when I had something that was like a bowl of ice cream and it put me over 50 calories I would then go into this headspace of god I've not hit my deficit I'm not going to lose body fat which is completely ridiculous and I know that if my if my clients had said that to me I'd be like 50 calories like obviously it's not an issue so I was then getting into the habit of having massive periods of time where if I had an extra 100 calories it would be then an extra 500 2000 3000 and then when it came to even like social events I would become so panicky about not being able to log my food which then meant that I didn't either eat any food at the social event or I'd pick something on a menu that I just did not want so an example of this is when I went out for food with Jordan I just think back to this I think Lydia babes what were you doing I went out and he had a three-course meal and I sat and had a diet coke and convinced myself that I was so happy that I was sticking to my deficit hustle culture and I was not happy like yes I was probably leaner than I am now but I was no way near as happy as I am now so yeah, the main things I faced probably in my last fat loss phase was becoming really, really obsessed with calories and macros. And I think me and Danny both want to say if anyone's listening to this and they're tracking and they've got to that point, then you need to come away from tracking. Um, and two, I wasn't living my life like I was losing body fat, but I didn't have any enjoyment. Like I wasn't doing date nights. My boyfriend Jordan was like, oh, my God, we can't even go out for food. We can't even go to the cinema. Cause I, and then I would just sit there miserable like can't eat this food and then I, so it's just not a good place to be in is that is that what you asked or was there another bit yeah essentially I'll go into that in a bit more detail but um we had a conversation the other day didn't we Lydia about mm. how it's it's crazy because you got to a point where you were pursuing fat loss because you wanted to be leaner but you and you basically sacrificed so much to get there that your quality of life declined and you weren't able to live your life anyway so it, it's almost yeah. like what's the point in pursuing fat loss when you've literally you've sacrificed your entire life just for that goal and there's no real purpose for it 
it's almost like you just get carried away with the goal and sucked up in the goal that you sacrificed everything for, for it and then got to this point where you're like, why have I done that? Like I've got, I'm not living my life anymore. Is there a, you've got a question like, is there actually any point in that? Is there any benefit in that? Yeah, it, there was no benefits. Like genuinely being leaner does not equate to happiness. Like I think it's really easy to think, oh, well, if I have that physique, I'll be happy. And you're not like you're miserable like you feel like cold a lot like you feel freaking starving and i wasn't even doing a comp prep by the way like i was just dieting and i just got all the negative repercussions of doing that kind of extreme approach where i feel like i failed if i'm under 10 steps and i feel like i failed if i go out the weekend and don't track my meals so yeah like you just have to ask yourself like is this actually worth it like you can pursue fat loss which we'll probably touch on as we get through the questions in such a healthy, more balanced, happier light, then doing it, like you don't need to be extreme with your approach, like just enjoy the journey. Yeah, it might take an extra few months, but if you've got a few months of happiness versus a few months of being bloody miserable, like it's gonna be worth it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And for some people tracking has its place. And I have a lot of my clients track their calories and protein or their macros, but I also have a fair few clients that don't track. And I want to point out that it is possible to still make progress towards your goals without tracking. You don't have to. It can be a useful tool, but you don't have to. And for Mm -hmm. some people, such as Lydia, it can be more detrimental to use that tool than it can be beneficial. So we have to take an individual approach with each person, as opposed to as coaches, just giving everyone calories and protein or calories and macros and expecting them to be able to get on with it. Because for some people, that could be more detrimental than it is beneficial. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you are, you know, if you've got a coach and they've given you macros and you don't feel like you're getting on with it, you're becoming overly obsessed, you need to communicate that with your coach and they should then, like I've had clients who have said, not I've had clients who actually love tracking and find it works so, so well for them. And I'll go, okay, let's track. And then vice versa. So your coach should be able to do what is best for you as an individual. And if they're not willing to do that, and if they only have one way to get you to a goal then that coach isn't for you so just be mindful that you might have to try a few different approaches to get the one that is suitable for you like I've done tracking it worked sometimes other times it went into a very negative light for me and I think now me and Danny from working together have found what is best for me what is best for me which is which is brilliant yeah and you mentioned previously how you would sometimes go out for meals and force yourself to either not eat and just have a diet coke or order something which you didn't actually want which therefore didn't leave you feeling satisfied did you find that that in some circumstances led to you actually overeating oh yeah so when you go out for a meal and you can like see everything on the menu like I really want that but I can't have it because I won't be in my deficit you then you kind of internalize that and then you'll suddenly get to a breaking point either that evening or later in the week where you just think I've said no to so many things I want this week that it's almost like this like pressure on you of all the food you've said no to and then suddenly you cave and you think you know you have one bite of your boyfriend's chocolate bar and that leads to 10 bites of three tubs of ice cream and a whole tub of you know a whole packet of crisps so it I would say not picking something you want is so detrimental to your relationship with food because by saying no you're only going to want it even more it's like if your mom said as a kid you can't have these sweets you're going to be like trying to steal them at night and have the whole packet so same applies with food by me saying no it only hindered my progress because then i was having massive periods of overeating whereas if i'd just have had the pizza i would have enjoyed it i would have had that meal and i would have got back to it the next day so yeah that was a that was an interesting time I saw actually, um, I don't know if you follow Sohi on Instagram, but she posted a reel earlier today and it was a really good example of this. She said that she'd had um, a full day of personal training clients and she was really great. She walked past a burrito place and was really craving a, a burrito on her way home. But at the time she was trying to like 
you know, she saw foods as good and bad. She didn't give herself unconditional permission to eat food, certain foods. Um, and there were certain foods for her at the time that were quote unquote off limits. So she told herself that she couldn't have this burrito. And then she went home and forced herself to have, have like a plain chicken salad, which she didn't actually feel satisfied after. And then after that, she was, because she felt so unsatisfied she was nibbling on like nuts, on a protein bar, on fruit, on like things that she would class as quote unquote healthy. However, the problem here is that the calories you consume from those foods end up being more than if you were to have just had the burrito in the first place, but you still feel unsatisfied because you've not had what's on your mind. And so sometimes it can be really beneficial to include these foods and just give yourself permission to have what you're craving and have that so that you feel satisfied and then you go home and you don't feel the need to keep picking and nibbling because you're satisfied you had what you wanted Mm. yeah 100% agree plus when you actually eat something that physically and mentally satisfies you you're a lot less hungry so you'll probably actually find you're in a deficit for a longer period of time rather than having those like days of eating like two bloody 200 grams of pineapple I don't, I don't know where I've got for that as an example what am I saying I'm trying to say you're better just to have the burrito which could be let's say 1000 calories and have fruit and nuts you know all of that and then be at 2000 calories and then still feel mentally unsatisfied so yeah really good point there which I think you've really helped me with even though I kind of knew it I just didn't I didn't practice it so yeah. and obviously Lydia has a very nutritious diet she has a very healthy balanced diet she consumes plenty of nutrient dense foods throughout the day but what's important is that alongside that you enjoy the foods that you're eating and food that's nutrient dense can be enjoyable and then if you really are craving something that is not that say it's got literally like zero nutrients in if you're really craving it you're so better off having it in moderation alongside the nutrient dense foods as opposed to trying to avoid consuming it because if you try to avoid consuming it you'll likely just end up overeating on that food further down the line because you can't control yourself because you've told yourself it's off limits and we always want what we can't have as humans yeah and it'll be like a less mindful meal like if I just thought oh like yesterday as an example I was absolutely starving after a year like I think I did Pilates or something and I was really shaky I think I'd like voice noted you and I went into M&S and I was like I just really want some chocolate and I was like Lydia but do you need it you're about to go home and have your lunch and I was like you know what I'm just gonna have it and I had that piece of chocolate I was so satisfied from it went home had like this really nice couscous and chicken salad and that was it like that was it for the day whereas in the past what would have happened would have been I'd seen that piece of chocolate, I'd got in the car, be sitting there like eating my stupid salad. And then later in the night, I would have just had chocolate, but I wouldn't have been processing. I would just be on autopilot shoveling it down. So you can actually in a much more mindful state when you just give yourself like complete permission to have something you fancy. Yeah. So yeah, just want to touch on that. Definitely. And so how has this fat loss phase differed from previous fat loss phases you've ran in terms of the targets that I've set you? So previous fat loss phases, we, I'm trying to remember them all. Previous fat loss phases, I was on a protein and a calorie-based target. Um, So that's from a nutrition standpoint. And this time with Danny, we've had food-based targets. So we've had like protein servings, fruit and veggie servings. We've had more focus on the hunger scale eating till you're about 80% satisfied um leaving a little bit of fullness there so nutrition wise it's more eating what you want while still nailing the fundamentals but giving yourself the flexibility to have the food you actually really want rather than just having food for the sake of like numerical data um and that's worked so much better for me i find i just find like i'm eating without in the past I was thinking my food focus was really high because I was like right these are my meals for the day this has got 500 calories and I was like I was like 1pm I was like okay my next meal's in two hours and I was like okay it's time it's time and I'd finally have it and I'd be like oh my gosh I've got to wait another three hours whereas now I I still have rough timings that I eat but it's not like my food focus is so much lower like if I want something I'll have it but for the most of the time I feel pretty satisfied and 
my hunger as a result has been a lot lower because I'm not like hyper fixated on that. So that's probably nutrition. That's how it's differed. Training wise, my training sessions are probably, um, but I'm not doing as much weight training. So I'm just doing two to three sessions. Whereas in the past, I think I was doing five days and then I was doing maybe like three-ish cardios. And now I'm still doing some cardio, which I actually enjoy. Um, I've got a step-based goal. We started with a walking target as opposed to steps, which I think was a really good idea on Danny's side because I didn't realize until we introduced a step target that I can sometimes become a little fixated on steps. So in the past I had a step goal and I would literally march around my room getting my final 300 steps in, whereas now, yeah we have a step goal in a range but i know if i'm over if i'm under it's not it's not a big deal i just want to aim towards that each day and my exercise has become is this mine can you hear that don't worry i think it's mine oh is it yours okay for you um my walks have become something i actually enjoy as opposed to i feel i have to do it so like i just want to go out every single day and move my body because it makes me feel good and as a result of that i'm expending more energy which indirectly will result in fat loss. So yeah, my targets are much more relaxed, but through having a relaxed approach, it's giving me more adherence because I'm not feeling forced into doing it. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. Definitely. For those of you listening, this is something that I do with quite a few clients. So what I'll do is I will start off by setting them the goal of just going for a walk outside every day. And what that means is that they focus on the habit and the health benefits of doing that as opposed to getting caught up on the numbers and it often results in people enjoying that target a bit more because they recognize the benefits outside of it just being energy expenditure because fresh air and daylight exposure is so good for our health mental and physical and it makes us feel good so they recognize that and then further down the line, if it gets to a point where a client like Lydia is working towards the goal of fat loss and we want to be a little bit more accurate with the tracking of certain details without having to track calories, for example, um, I might then introduce the numerical aspect of the expenditure target, the walks outside. But you can make great progress by just getting clients or yourself if you're wanting to go through like a a journey towards improving your health and fitness or progressing with fat loss, whatever it might be, you can see great progress by just focusing on habits to begin with, such as going outside for a walk every day. And then rather than increasing a, uh, including a step target straight away, you might say, right, I'm going to make that walk at least 20 minutes. And then I'm going to increase that to 30 minutes. And again, it gets you to be able to make progress without having to be so meticulous with the numerical value of your steps and I think a lot of people can get get very caught up on that and struggle to then detach themselves from it yeah I agree and I think people underestimate the power for fat loss of just moving a little bit more like I've had clients who have literally said right let's get out every day for a walk and they're seeing big changes as a result of that so don't underestimate the small things you are doing if you're doing them consistently and you're enjoying them you will actually see a really big return on that. And as Danny said, like your walks and your energy expenditure targets don't just serve the purpose of increasing your calorie output, energy output. So like with your walks, they have so many benefits for you. You always feel fantastic after moving your body. Same with your cardio. Yes, I don't love cardio, but I can feel my fitness improving, which is always a nice thing because I died the first time I did my Stairmaster session, wanted to die. Yeah, exactly. And it just gets like, I've seen your enjoyment of the process improve massively since the mm. beginning. And it's been oh, so God, 100%. Long. Yeah. And um, so we've spoken about how we've not used a ton of like numerical data. We've not used your scale weight either. So how have we been tracking your progress throughout this fat loss phase? So we have been tracking it mainly through pictures. So we started doing pictures every two weeks just to begin with, because as we said at the start, the goal was not to do with body composition. It was just mainly to do with getting in a good place. Because when I started with Danny, I, I was not in a good place at all. I don't know how much I told to Danny about how much of a bad place I was in, but I think you probably got the idea from our like first call and, you know, just having a friendship. So 
yeah we used pictures started every two weeks and then i just asked to move it to more of a weekly basis purely on the fact that my memory is not the best and it's just easier and then we can see how i'm responding and that was when we were a bit deeper into the set fat loss phase um so that's we didn't use scale weight and i'm glad we had, didn't end up using that because for me I'm very detached from my scale weight now. I, I generally do not care, but I think it was more in the sense of I know where I finished my last fat loss phase. So if I had to have taken my body weight, I would have probably felt quite triggered. So definitely the right approach and call from Danny on that one, which is again, why you should get a coach because you will not have to think about it. They will tell you what the best thing to do is. Um, and then, sorry, I forgot the other part of the question. What was it monitoring? Was it? I just basically asked how we actually tracked your progress because obviously we didn't use scale weight. So what did we use to track your progress? Oh yeah, and then we used kind of how I'm feeling in terms of like my body image. So how I'm feeling about myself, um, focusing on, you know, even wins that I may have had, you know, in regards to like wearing certain clothes, whether things are fitting a little bit looser. Um, other monitors of progress were like my energy levels, my relationship with food, my, like actually how my training's going, am I being progressive, am I increasing weight reps, whatever it is, am I improving in those, becoming more consistent, so when you are pursuing fat loss, it is really important to have that kind of like full view of progress, don't just base it on your composition, which I know Danny has called me out in the past for doing, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I've progressed towards composition, it's not just about your composition. I'm like, yeah, you are so right, which is what I tell my clients. So yeah, I feel we've taken, we've had loads of progression markers, to be honest. We don't, we didn't just take the traditional, okay, you've not lost one pound this week, you failed. We, if something has improved, such as I'd hit a PB or I'd felt a bit more confident, I wore a top that I hadn't have worn, that was then progressed towards my goals. Hopefully yeah. that answered it. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it was really important to point out to people how, it's so beneficial to focus on all of these elements of the process and be as process focused as you possibly can rather than getting so hung up on the end goal of losing body fat because if you do it just completely consumes your mind and we have to recognize that our bodies, whatever your goal is, whatever phase of life you're in, our bodies are in a constant state of flux. Like there's going to be factors that are out of your control. That means that your body fluctuates, you know, one day you might wake up and you don't look quite as tight as the day before. And that, that could be down to so many factors. It's just the nature of life. And it's really important to be accepting of those fluctuations and to recognize that, like Lydia knows, I don't value her any more or less based off of her goal, her progress with fat loss. She knows that I value her as a friend just as much, whatever body fat percentage she's sat. And it's really important to recognize that so that you, when you're going through a, a journey of trying to progress with your body composition, you don't pin your worth on your ability to succeed with that body composition related goal. Um, because that's where your relationship with the process and your relationship with food, your body image can really start to take a hit. And so, like I said, Lydia knows that like, so if she's ever made progress with fat loss one week, I'll be like, you know, you've made great progress with fat loss, really happy for you because that's your goal at the moment. But just a reminder, that doesn't mean that you're any more or less of a person. And we need to focus on these other measures of progress just as much. Yeah. And it's so important to have that. Like, if you've got a coach, I'm not slating other coaches, but at the same time, I'm just trying to call people out who may have coaches who are doing this. If you've got a coach who bases your your progress on just the number on the scale, that is going to be an incredibly tough and potentially detrimental process for you. Like I have had clients who have started with me who had a coach previously who literally, if they hadn't have lost the 0.5 to one kilogram, no, they failed. That, that That's it. There's no wins to that. So just be really mindful whether you've got a coach, whether you're on your own journey, that you're looking at all the individual aspects of it and you're celebrating them or all of them at the same time, because I just wouldn't want someone to just base their worth, base their progress on a scale weight, on a visible 
ab definition what ab definition singular ab definition because that is like the least important thing about you as danny said like i'm the same with danny i couldn't give a I don't care what Danny looks like. Like she's just a really nice person. Person? <laughs> she's a really nice person. <laughs> she's a really nice person. And we value our friends, our family for who they are rather than what they look like. So you need to practice the same thing when you're on your own journey. Yeah, definitely. I think there were some really good points there. And throughout this process, have you been able to enjoy being social? Oh yeah. Like it was tough at the start. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think, you know, I kind of had a few old thoughts popping back in. And I think it's important to recognize that even if you are looking to improve your relationship with food, you're still going to have those moments of doubts. You're going to have those negative thoughts come in. Like, I think it was midway through the fat loss phase. I like put in my check into you something like, do I need to be doing more? Do you think I should like start counting my calories again? Do you think I should be doing more cardio? Cause I was just having that week of like, oh, I'm not seeing progress or whatever it was. And Danny was like, absolutely not Lydia. She was like, that is the worst thing you can do. She explained herself fully. And after she said that, I was like, whoo, I was like, she's so right. I was like, I'm so glad we are not taking that approach again. So yes, I had moments where I completely like doubted the process, which I think is probably only normal. And I had those like negative thoughts come in, such as you're not lean enough, you can't enjoy yourself, don't have those social events. But it's just about distinguishing that thoughts are not facts. Yes, they can come in. Something like I advise doing is just seeing them as like, a passing cloud allowing them to be there like accept them be like that's a nice thought and then just choosing to be present and focus on you know the positives in the day what you're grateful for being in that moment so yeah I still went out for meals I literally have been out most weeks I've had like weekends away we went to Dubai I've been on date nights and over the course of doing that I have become much more mindful like at the start I probably had a little bit more than I had now because I was trying to find that complete acceptance and I think at the start when you give yourself complete permission to have everything you do sometimes find you're having a little bit more than usual but then that will level back out and you'll come back to a baseline so yeah I'm still having a really nice time went to London had French toast but I've just kind of found that balance like having the things I want then nailing nutrition and training so it's just I feel a bit more like in tune and I think what has been really important and what's important for anyone to do who's like going through a similar process is to remind yourself that cutting out social occasions and being really quite restrictive with your approach is what led in the past to you damaging your relationship with food and then not being able to see long-term success you know that this time you want a different end product. You want to be able to maintain a good relationship with food and you want to actually maintain this fat loss progress as opposed to regaining the body fat that you've worked really hard to lose afterwards. So you want a different end product. So the process needs to be different, reverting back to the same methods that you've tried previously and that have not worked for you is not going to produce a different result. Like nothing's going to change if the process doesn't change. And so that reminder, I think, can be really beneficial for people in your situation. Yeah, that is such a good point to make for a lot of people. Like just, and as well, it'll feel familiar to do that. Like it'll feel familiar to go back into those old ways. And in some ways that will be comforting to feel that struggle because you felt that in the past. We've just got to remember that you are in the position you are in now because you've done that. So start a new journey and then remember that when the process may be, I would say it is a slower fat loss process when, even though you've told me it's been, we've made incredible progress towards my fat loss goals, it has been slower in comparison. So just be really patient and know that, yes, it's gonna be slower, but a slower sustained where you can actually live your life approach and then maintain it after is so much worth so much more worthwhile than doing three, four months of restrictive, missing out on social events, not living your life. Because the reason we get lean is get leaner is to potentially feel happier in ourselves. That that is probably the main reason people want to lose weight. But actually, if you're not being happy in the moment, like what the hell's the point? Like you're not gonna then feel happier when you're leaner. Like leanness doesn't equate to happiness. So live your life, enjoy the process, and that way you'll actually finish it in a good position rather than in a rubbish position. Yeah, 
And you've obviously had a couple of hurdles during this fat loss phase, such as when you fell ill for a couple of weeks. How was that and how did you deal with those hurdles? God, that feels like ages ago now, you know. Yeah. It wasn't though. When was that? Was that, it was when we got back from Dubai in March. And I just want to make a point that you said, you've just said that progress has been quite slow. I actually really don't think it has, considering that you had at least those two weeks where you were ill. We went to Dubai for two weeks. Mm. So considering the hurdles that Lydia's faced and the fact that we went on holiday to Dubai for two weeks, I don't think that fat loss progress has been slow. No, I agree with you. I don't think it's been slow. I think in comparison to when I was in a bad position, it's slower, but it's still been very good considering that. I think it was longer. I think I was ill for three or four weeks, Danny. Yeah. I think I had a month off training. It was a good while. Yeah, because I had. I I had COVID before I went. back, But there was literally like a few days in between that and like another sickness. Yeah. So I got back and I had a cold. And then the week after, I then had a sickness bug. And the week after that, I caught COVID. So I think it was three weeks I ended up having to have off training. And obviously that sucked. Like, (laughs) and the worst thing about it, I think when you are unwell is you kind of lose those habits that make you feel good. And then your mental health is a little bit, you don't feel as good in yourself, which then makes you not as motivated to do things that make you feel good. So I found actually returning to training quite difficult because even though I was in a really good position pre getting poorly, I think whenever something knocks you, you kind of, fall into how do I explain this you guys kind of out of your groove so it was a little bit more challenging to get back into it but I just approached it in a way that was kind of just being compassionate as Danny reminded me to do of myself like recognizing that I am unwell I can't train when I'm unwell and even though I didn't eat as optimally from a nutrition perspective in the sense of eating kind of nutrient dense foods I didn't really beat myself up for that as much in the past and then as soon as I could eat well again because I could literally eat breadsticks for a week (laughs) I then began to like introduce a bit of protein so when you're poorly just do what you can recognize it's just a small period of time and then you can get back to it and just don't go like don't go what's that phrase like bull in a china shop type of way. Don't think you need to go back to five days of training, eating absolutely everything spot on. Like just take your time with it. You will get back to where you were. But definitely it was a hurdle to, that was that was a fun few weeks. I was like, oh, COVID. Oh, sickness bug. And you were like, <laughs> probably a pain yeah. in the ass. I think what's really important to recognize during those times is that like those factors are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Sometimes rest is what you need in order to continue to move forwards. And also, I had to remind Lydia during this phase that, like, you're not going to feel your best and you're not going to look your best visually either. Like, when you're not training, you're not eating properly, your sleep's all over the shop, you're not able to stay on top of your health-based habits, you're not going to look or feel your best. And so the worst thing you could do during that time is, like, focus on your body composition and pick yourself apart. So it's really important to just take your focus off of your body composition, focus on getting better, and then you can come back to the goal of fat loss after you're you're recovered, as opposed to like trying to fight for fat loss whilst you're also trying to recover, focusing on your body when you're not looking your best, feeling crap as a result of that. Like just accept rest, be accepting of it, and then move past. Yeah, Yeah, that is such a good point. And in the moment when you told me that, I was like, I needed to hear that. So I hope anyone who is unwell listening to this just completely takes it on board because genuinely, like I'm grateful Danny said that to me. Otherwise I would have like tried to continue with fat loss. And when you are unwell, you can't like, and of course, as well as that, your body image is gonna be so much lower. Like you just look watery, you've not got a pump on. So just like wear a big dressing gown, get comfy, watch some Netflix. And then when you feel better, just get back to it. But don't yeah. don't be doing what I did on one day, which was like, oh, I'm a bit more, you know, fuller today. Obviously, <laughs> obviously I was. Yeah. yeah good point. And so Lydia, if anyone is listening to this, 
who has struggled with their relationship with food in the past or if they're still struggling talking from experience because you've been through this process of improving your relationship with food getting yourself into a really good position so that you can pursue fat loss again talking from experience what would your top three pieces of advice for these people be big question I tried to think about this before I like came on this call I would say be patient like it's not something and bear in mind that my relationship with food hasn't been in a good place for a very long time like probably from the age of 16 it's not been good and I'm now 23 so what's that for five six it's been seven years so to have seven years of a poor relationship with food it's not going to be solved in seven weeks like you've got to undo like lifelong habits that you've built you've got to face thought processes that are probably not the most helpful so try and stay as patient as possible and in the process of staying patient be compassionate to yourself and recognize that what you're going through is it's okay like we all have our like demons and we all have those things and it looks different for everyone and of course if it's something that you know is an eating disorder let's touch on that then you need to go and seek help for that such as trying to get a therapist reaching out to the doctor making sure you're getting that baseline of support and if it's maybe more towards slightly disordered my second kind of advice would be to get a coach who is holistic who will be able to support you in the way like Danny has supported me um who understands you know where you're at has a good amount of empathy towards that and but can remain objective and can give you the like help and support you need and that's been a massive one for me because Danny is not wrapped up in my emotions she can actually zoom out and see the bigger picture of my journey and she can say nope that's not a good idea yep let's do that because if you're trying to do a journey by yourself you're going to be so wrapped up in how you're feeling in the moment and you won't always see that long-term goal so probably getting a coach who actually is a good fit for you and that might take quite a few like consultation calls it might you know take a bit of research but it's so so worthwhile um and my final point will be just continue to live your life like your happiness is in in the present moment and i'd say this to my clients all the time like you're not going to be happy when you reach x goal like you need to enjoy the here and now and the composition will not lead you to happiness you need to work on the inner stuff your body image all of that and stop chasing happiness like you can choose to feel it now you can choose to feel happy about aspects of your life but you know you're progressing towards that goal so stay process focused stay in the moment be patient know it's going to take some time don't try and rush it and then if needed get support either via like a doctor a therapist or a coach who is well practiced in helping people like me Yeah, definitely. I think there were amazing pieces of advice. And I just want to reiterate for you guys, like Lydia, first of all, did not have an eating disorder when we were working together. She just had an impaired relationship with food that we've worked on. If anyone ever approached me and the same with Lydia, like if anyone ever approached her who had an actual eating disorder, we would refer them out. But we can work with people to improve their relationship with food if they've not if they're not at the point of actually having an eating disorder and I also want to point out that remember what me and Lydia said at the beginning of this we didn't dive straight into fat loss whilst her relationship with food had room for improvement we kept her out of the deficit and even before we were working together Lydia went through a phase of stopping dieting like we touched on in the last podcast, she gave herself unconditional permission to eat. She let go of trying to limit her calorie intake. We went to Dubai and she sort of made huge progress there. And she spent a long time away from fat loss before she got to the point of being able to pursue that goal again. Yeah, you almost have to, not in the sense, I'm using this word, like you almost have to earn yeah running a fat loss phase like you can't expect to jump from one diet to the other and just have a positive time like I was out of a deficit for it was a good amount of time to be honest like at least October November December it was at least five six months maybe longer than that to be honest I think it was a bit longer because obviously you finished with your last coach quite a while ago didn't you yeah and you stopped dieting when you were at CrossFit yeah yeah so 
God, it was okay. I was out of a deficit for a lot longer than I thought. Um, so you almost have to like earn the dieting phase. Like you can't just jump straight into it because you will then have to try and heal your relationship with food whilst in a deficit, which is really bloody tough to do. It's yeah. like trying to like, it's trying to do two things at once. So you're better yeah. to do one, focus on it solely. It'll be faster, but don't rush it like genuinely to anyone who's thinking of getting back into a dieting phase when they know their relationship with food is not in a good place. Do maintenance. You have to let go of trying to control your body composition mm. whilst you're improving your relationship with food until you can get to a place where your relationship with food is in a really good place. And then you can start to focus a little bit more on body composition if and when appropriate. But like Lydia and anyone else who is working on improving their relationship with food has to let their body composition take a little bit of a backseat for a period whilst they focus on their relationship with food. And that's not to say that you will gain excessive amounts of body fat, but you might gain some body fat. And if you have to do that to improve your relationship with food, it will be worth it. Oh God, 100%. I think I gained a little bit to begin with and then gradually my composition actually improved over time. And that is just because of what I said at the start or midway through this podcast. Like as soon as you give yourself unconditional acceptance, you're like, woohoo, like I can have whatever I want. And then you're kind of like, oh, I can have whatever I want. I don't need to have that cold chocolate cake now. And so you'll have that maybe. And for some of you, everyone's completely different. That's not me projecting my journey onto other people's approach, um, other people's journeys. But yeah, I had a little bit of an upward journey and then gradually as I started to like focus on maintenance even through like the maintenance as a goal I still actually did lose a little bit of body fat just because I wasn't having them like massive like ups and downs with like overeating so yeah just what Danny said don't jump into dieting like it's like a relationship don't jump into a relationship you've not healed your past wounds with an ex (laughs) so do the same exactly Um, (laughs) therapy But thank you so much for joining us today, Lydia. It has been fantastic. And thank you so much to any of you who've taken the time to listen. I really appreciate it. If you could share on your Instagram story and tag me and Lydia in it, that would be amazing. And please like and subscribe if you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast. Lydia, where can people find you? You can find me at lidsfitness.coaching on Instagram and... I think that's my only, oh, yeah, that's my only platform at the minute. That's the I will put Lydia's information down below so that you guys can find her. Please go and give her a follow because she's amazing. Um, she's an amazing coach herself as well. So please go give her a follow. Her content is incredible. And I think a lot of you will benefit from it. And I will see you in the next one. Bye.